made that comeback, and I think he's got it. I think he's got it ready. So, who had the pleasure and incredible fortune, good fortune, to see the show called Viral? Viral is a show by the Ibidjuri Theatre Company, who we've worked with over the last few years. They do really interesting productions. This show was something that surprised about because not only was it about health. Not only was it about indi indigenous dispossession, not only was it about people living in day-to-day -day lives and the problems that they face in poverty, it was also really, really funny and really, really amazingly clever and gripping. And one of the stars of that show is um, a Wawan man called Blaine Welsh, who is here today and he's going to talk to us a little bit about the show and he's going to also do some, well, some work from that show. So Blaine, where you may be. Yeah, I'll take it from here, young fella. <laughs> hey, I'm a good place to go and see. My name is Mervyn Headley. I'm born on the Combo Mission up there by the Pilliga. I did a lot of fishing when I was a kid, you know. And hunting. And climbing them big red river gums. <laughs> Had a few scrapes, eh, hey, but nothing serious. His mum would be too scared to take us to the hospital in case they took us kids. Couldn't catch me, but too quick, eh? Hey? <laughs> they tried. I've got a daughter out there somewhere, Maggie. Now, I, I had a kidney transplant back in 1986. <laughs> Almost died. They got me a brand spanking new one. It was the best and worst day of my life. See, I had to have a transfusion. And they gave me the tainted blood. Ah, people think I'm a junkie. <laughs> Just because I got hep C doesn't mean I'm a bloody junkie. If I had cancer, you might be all over me. <laughs> Because I've got the hep C, you treat me like a bloody leper or something. And no morning hep teas or shaved heads for me. I never even had a tipple when I was a young fella. I worked hard my whole life. I got my first job at 14 and helped mum out with the money and taking care of the other kids. Eight of us there were, shoving a little fibro house like a tin of sardines, there he was. Oh, they was happy days, but anyway, eventually left home, met a good woman and I raised a family. And that's when things took a nosedive, so I started drinking. Anyway, she left me. Work had dried up. There's only so many jobs us blackfellas could do back in them days. I guess she got tired of waiting for things to get better. I thought we was fine. Yeah, things don't look so bad when you stare at them for a bottle. She was right for leaving me, but... I was a rotten drunk. Rhonda? Rhonda? Don't you leave us! Rhonda! Rhonda! Ah, uh, she went and left our little Maggie anyway. Just like that. God oh, forgive me. I checked out too. You see, it's the, the quiet times that get you here. You're sitting alone in the silence. Nothing but your life to ponder on. All that memories come flooding back. It's deafening. I wish I could have stopped for her. I'd give anything to go back and change that. Then you never had any of this dependency stuff when we was kids. We had the land. We had the sky. And we had the water. That was our life source, and we depended on that. We could depend on that, and each other. 
I'll let her down. Thought you'd lap it up? So you can go back and tell them we're still a bunch of drunks and junkies. <laughs> you don't care about me. You're on my land. Not my time. Here I am giving you the facts and all you can say is this. You keep clowning with your government judgments. I lost my family and my health to this virus. Now it's got me stuck in here waiting for it to end me. And treatment. Not been on their treatment nearly 30 odd years. Dialysis, flu shots, and vaccine under the sun. Oh, you're gonna fix me now, are you? Is that my compensation? Ah, no hard feelings. <laughs> here, look here, look here. It's my little Maggie girl. That was Merv. Merv's one of the three main characters that we used in Viral to portray Indigenous carriers of Hepatitis C. Along with Merv, we had Ali, 23, who contracted Hep C two years ago, sharing needles with a partner. She lives in the Commission Flats and lives there with her two-week-old son, Dylan, as well as a partner, Ken. Then there's Doc. Doc, 28, has been a user for over 12 years. Having first contracted the Hep C virus 10 years ago while in prison, He's a repeat offender and has been in and out of the justice system since he was 15. Now these characters share things in common. They're bound together by blood, surprisingly in more ways than one. But more importantly, they've all agreed to be part of a fantastic new documentary called Viral, all about this new treatment for hepatitis C in Indigenous communities. Filmed by three very, very naive and very, very white filmmakers. Now, they've done a session of cultural safety training, so you know, they know everything about indigenous culture. <laughs> they can't wait to use the word deadly. <laughs> and they genuinely and ironically boast about how they're going to close this gap. That's the connective tissue that ties this play together. Now, throughout, we use humour. This is actually the third work in a trilogy of works around hepatitis C, starting with Chopped Liver, which discussed living with the virus, going to Body Armour, which talked about transmission using needles and body modification, and now, gloriously, we're closing the trilogy out with a message of hope to go and get the cure. Now, one by one, these documentaries, documentarians, their intensity is full away and they start to see the true human nature of what it's like to be suffering in hepatitis C as an Indigenous person. And one by one, they drop out of the production until the last person, Lewis, the producer, well, he's kicked out by Ali, the main protagonist, when she commandeers the camera and delivers a message of hope and challenges our community to take up this new treatment. Along the way, you meet Shaz and Daz, our um, screws, as the boys like to call them, who perform a clowning act. We have another dance, which we created, which on many occasions brought tears to many eyes. But we start out miming the practice of mixing traditional ochre for our ceremony. We then go into traditional dance before sitting down, and we mix up again. This time, we mix up a shot, and we inject it through a shared spoon before trying to traditionally dance again, only this time the virus takes over and loses the ground. Those are the key elements. Now, when we created it, we went in without any sort of script. We had two major assets. One, Kamara Bell-Wikes, who wrote the first two, and herself has lived experience of hepatitis C, having cleared the virus 15 years ago using the old treatment. We also did community workshops. These were in prisons and various health centres where we got genuine voices that were used verbatim in the box tops, um, sprinkled throughout. So we came with an authentic message, and more importantly, I want to close with one inmate by the name of Tom, 
who was absolutely instrumental at creating authentic prison characters and delivering the reality that as he went through and listed off all the bad things that happened in his life, and let me tell you, you don't know horror in your life until you've heard this guy's story. And he said, all respects is to girl, but with all this shit going on, Pepsi's the last thing I've got to worry about. And that was important. Now, it was well received by all, whether Indigenous or not Indigenous, medical and both, but best of all were the prisons. They loved it. One inmate turned around and said, you've been to my house? <laughs> one of the inmates even was going to lean over and have a whisper to the guy who plays the prisoner character before he went, oh shit, you're not one of the boys. But more importantly, going back to Tom. Tom was released but then got put back inside. So he was there to see the end result of the work that we'd done with him. First off, they were surprised that we actually came back. So used that we are to being studied and forgotten about. More importantly though, Tom had a doctor's appointment one hour before the presentation of the performance. Um, and in the Arning Circus that we conducted afterwards, Doc, told, Doc, not Doc, Tom told us that one hour before he discovered that he had successfully cleared hepatitis C before he came to the performance. So for us, this was more than just performance. This was our healing business. This has a real world e efficacy and it was an absolute delight and a pleasure to do this for our communities. Thank you. Blaine. My pleasure. That is a very, very hard act to follow. I'm glad we actually left until the end. Um, it's fantastic. Um, good luck with um, with the rest of it. Yep. And uh, we hope we can continue to work with you and support you in any way we can. Thank you very much. No Do have any, any questions for Blaine? We can ask now. Um, I mean, I have a question about the actual process of, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned a little bit about it, I mean, the process of creating the play and all its amazingly um, varied themes and characters. Mm -hmm. Was it a really long process? I mean, did it take yeah, a while? so we had about uh, four weeks where we were in creative development, which is a process of us getting up on the floor and just doing improvisations. Mary, Arnie Marianne, an amazing and very deadly writer, would create scripts, we'd read it out, we'd tweak it, we'd play with it, we'd actually do it on the floor. We prefer to use a very shared collaborative experience when we're creating work. Because one, it reflects the broad spectrum of perspectives that there are in the Indigenous community. It's not just one Indigenous voice, which tends to happen with a lot of different groups when we're creating theatre. Um, so after four weeks, and then we had uh, another four weeks of rehearsal proper. Um, yeah. And, but using a lot of, again, Kamara's amazing resource, having that direct resource of the boys inside and people who are carriers. Um, and as well as our naivety, it's like one of the first activities we had to do was to write down what we knew about hepatitis C. And I knew hepatitis C was a sexually transmitted disease. You know, I knew, <laughs> and we've got a lot of stigmas out of that. And one of the first vox pops is going through that. You know, can't you catch from kissing, sex, mossies, holding hands? That's why I don't drink from a chip cup. Um, and then, yeah, integrating real voices and authentic voices and having that lived experience really helped us make something that was genuine, which, especially for the act of portraying prisoner, um, in a prison, two prisoners, that's a very daunting task and you want to get that right. Just one thing, Blaine, when we did the Arnie session after our performance, mm -hmm. I remember somebody mentioning about you going into prisons and mm -hmm. performing in prisons and there was a bit of concern or worry in the cast thinking how it's going to be received. Yeah. Yet you said, uh, as you said, it's turned out to be a really great experience. That's The first the first prison we went to allayed any nervousness we had about how it was going to go down, they were great. And they were also some of the most respectful and wonderful audiences that um, 
I've ever had a chance to perform to. And also, I remember the guys in prison, most of them hadn't seen theatre before. This was new to them, which was great, because you had moments like when Murph, where you just saw blows up at the um, reporter, the documentarian, I had one bloke in the audience jump up and go, Touch him! <laughs> <laughs> Even later on, when Doc's sitting there going, Doc has this line where he says, you know, we just lie down like the good dogs we are. One of the blokes at the front went, yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, no. the other thing was Kamara um, Wills, uh, Kamara Bell Wilkes. Bell White. White Strikes. She um, is a hip hero, so she ha she's just been given that title, if you like. Oh, okay. Uh, which is great because um, we know, as you mentioned, you know, her lived experience mm -hmm. informs the play enormously. <coughs> yeah. I mean, her direction is so clear, isn't it, in, yeah. the, in this? It's, she's yeah. brilliant. And it was minimal direction. It was a very collaborative experience. And I mean, Kamara, especially when we wrapped up the... So we, we toured this to three states over the period of September with about 25 shows. And by the end of it, Kamara had a very emotional moment because for her especially, and for all the boys and people who have lived this reality, again, this is more than theatre. This is a truly important work that's being done. And we had an amazing team. It was an all-Indigenous team as well. This is the first time out of the three where everyone, like not just the actors, writers and director, but everyone who did the sound design, set design, choreography, costuming, the entire space was a black space, uh, which also really, really helped in telling our story. Mm. Mm. So, um, can I just say, one of the, uh, one of the characters you mentioned uh, picked up Hep C in prison. Yeah. And, um, many years ago, when I was on a parliamentary committee, we uh, visited prisons and we uh, spoke to a number of uh, forums where your prison officers were there trying to get needle exchange programs. Mm -hmm. At that stage, there wasn't any cure for Hep C. So there was no sort of uh, testing for people going out of prison uh, mm -hmm. for Hep C. There was testing before they came in, but there was no testing. Mm -hmm. So it was just disgraceful. And we met with prison officers at the Trades Hall. Mm -hmm. This is back in 1999. And they opposed the introduction of needle yep. exchange programs on the basis of occupational health and safety grounds. And interestingly enough, we actually directly address and attack that issue. Because That's we're, great. Because That's we're coming from a place of a cure now, we don't have to be as soft or as gentle about our message. Yeah. The two screws, Chaz and Daz, yeah. which are actually a comedy act, in the dialogue, I confront them and I say, ask them about the drugs. And they're you know, like, no comment. Don't know what you're talking about. And we actually ask them, hypothetically, if needles got into the centre, are they provided with clean needles and equipment? You know, you had both of them. That'll be just wrong. Unethical. So we attack that issue. Yeah, we had stories of them firing needles. They got so blunt from multiple years. Oh, some of the stories we heard. Ten blokes standing around one pig. Any other questions? Is there going to be another tour in Victoria? Absolutely. Just especially from the success, this has had more success and more positive feedback than any of the previous two. The previous two have. Um, plus it's about a treatment. Uh, Chop Liver toured for eight years, Body Armour toured for four years, and we fully expect Laura would go on to follow probably Chop Liver's example. Excellent. Well, hopefully next tour we will have it recorded. We'll make it this tour, but things went awry on that front, I suppose. That's right. So, anyway, if there's no more questions, just got one last thing to do, which is a small gift. Just want to say thank you. Oh, okay, you thank you so much for coming to thank perform you. for us and taking time. Oh, right. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your riveting HM. <laughs> <laughs>